Welcome to I Won't Listen with Eddie and Megan, starring Megan and Eddie. Now here's Eddie and Megan. Okay, now, now I'm recording. God damn it. What? Were you recording the whole time? No, you said I'm, I'm not just, recording. I am recording. No, no, I'm just, not recording. I just now started recording. This has been going on for like three minutes. Well. I don't know what to believe. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> I don't like you running the board. I don't like uh, keeping people on their toes. It seems yeah. mean. Something you would do to a prisoner. Stay yeah. on your toes. Or like, yeah. Like, oh, something could happen. Hey, you're a hostage. Yeah. You know how I'm going to make things worse? Foot pain. <laughs> Crippling foot pain. Oh, God. I'm going to need you to drink your coffee away from the microphone. <laughs> yeah, we're having some beverages. It's good. Good coffee. Um, all right, guys. Episode 24. Yep. Two four. I think I mislabeled yeah. the last one. Yeah. You, First off, need... it's 24.24. Okay. I'm going to need you to talk to the social media manager, which is Mia. Yeah. <laughs> She's in charge of you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Doesn't matter. And like any great uh, entertainer, I'm terrible at promotion. Yeah. We're not good at that part. Yeah. We're good at this part. Yes. Getting into your ear holes <laughs> with our sweet, yep. sweet, luscious voices. All right. What? Yep. We are. Okay. We're entertaining, man. There's uh, no today... doubt about it. Today we have quite an episode planned. Big episode. Uh, we have an interview. We have an interview later today. Dr. Lucy McBride mm-hmm. from the D.C. area. Harvard educated. She is Harvard educated. John Hopkins affiliate. Correct. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got her, but it's pretty good. Uh, we, we tricked so her. my sister-in-law, Sarah, told us to follow her at the beginning of the pandemic. When Who's we a lawyer in D.C.? She is a legal. High-powered. Practicing. Legal eagle woman uh she is a woman so she told us to follow her on twitter and it would kind of keep us informed about the pandemic and just kind of give us a different perspective because yeah, most of the perspective was very negative right and this was just someone to follow that she's doable. letting all like positive facts surface and you're Correct. like oh nice oh that's a different okay, cool. uh, take on the news i feel and, good about that yeah that's neat i didn't know that i Hopeful. need that i can send that out to my parents and they yes. can be like okay cool yeah, and my mom a, followers are now yeah, newsletter there's a newsletter and stuff mm-hmm. so it's pretty and good it answers all out. of your questions it's super informative yeah uh it's just a breath of fresh air so that's coming up so we're excited to talk to her yeah um, she initially wanted to do the uh, interview 9 a.m. her time. That's ooh, 6 us. 6 a.m. And that means we got to get up at 5.30 and warm up the pipes. Yeah. We, uh, we're Our like, hey, can we go like, later? Uh, what are you having for breakfast? Have you had coffee yet? What is the then sun up there? What year is it there? Yeah, we normally tuck her out on, like around 10. If we got up that early at like 7 o'clock right after dinner, we'd be like, good night, kids. Is it safe to go outside in the future? Um, we have, uh, Eddie rapid fire questions. Yeah. Megan's going to ask me like some like, questions like about, about her. 20 ish questions. And I need to answer them. They're all super silly. None of them. Uh, I feel like I'm being set up, uh, but well, you might be. Okay. But, uh, I, don't I, don't, th- I don't know what you read in that socio psychopath thing. Uh, oh yeah. Jen, uh, texted me and said, uh, you guys are talking about psychopath versus sociopath. Here's how she remembers it. Okay. Sociopath. Like, I need equals, a person. Rules don't apply to them. Psychopath. There are no rules. Right. There's no rules. So a sociopath knows there's rules. They just don't, like, so they don't care. So you sit down to play Monopoly with a sociopath. They don't follow the rules. Psychopath eats the board. Correct. That's what I need to hear. <laughs> that kind of level of explanation. Yes. And Jen yeah. got me there. Yeah, okay, good. Right. Thanks, now I Jen. know. Uh, you were playing the Monopoly game the other day. I was not playing it. I was opening, first off, our friend dropped off like 200 of those. It seemed like a lot. 
It was a lot. It took me well, a while. Yeah. Wait until I take it. up after myself because of all the ripped yeah, shredded I don't, paper. They got to figure out a better way. I mean, but they have to seal them because Do they? it's an official game. And it's uh, it's like Vegas. You can't just like. It's not like Vegas at all. There's nothing fun. Legally, it has to be sealed when it leaves the, the camp. I think we all the know the, the mobs involved in this. Probably. The, uh, it's not McDonald's. like the McDonald's one. Okay. This one's on the up. This one's on the up. And I'll tell you, um, the amount of free things I'm going to get out of Shutterfly <laughs> is insane. I hope hope some of you uh, hardcore wonties out there, and I know who you are, are, are ready to get some coasters. Yeah. We're, with uh, the logo on it. We're doing some logos right now. Maybe a desk plaque. Perhaps. A koozie. Uh, I think we even have like a... Uh, uh, easeled uh, 8x10. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. We don't. There's a canvas hang on the wall. I'm not sure what That's that is. That's a little is. much. There's a lot of stuff coming. <laughs> I don't know if it's just going to be photos of us or the logo. We'll, we'll stick to like t-shirts. We're going to do t-shirts pads. for sure. I'm Did really, I've made a lot of headway on t-shirts. Yeah. We've been going back and forth. There's and one with like 20 logos on it. I'm like, just do that. Just order every yeah. logo. We thought we'd just make a ton of logos and make it look like it's a sponsored uh, Major League Soccer shirt. So you're just running around. It doesn't around even with, look like that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we had an apology out there to a hardcore I Won't Listener, Mary, yeah. whose name is actually Megan. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say getting her name wrong is way worse than pronouncing it wrong. Yes. So yeah. I apologize for that. She's cool. She's cool. Um, yeah. She, she said she's got a good poop story. Yeah. But I was, but she doesn't have to share it with us. <laughs> she said one involves the ocean, which made me laugh. Oh, God. <laughs> she used the website like a normal person would. Uh, was it yesterday? No, two days ago. Diego brought me some meat. Our oh, neighbor. Oh, yeah, our neighbor. He's like, hey, Eddie, I'm going to come over. I have something for you, the family. I'm like, oh, okay. What, what could he be bringing over the family? You know, I thought maybe maybe a dessert. Mm-hmm. Two racks of ribs. Yep. To, I have to cook them. Which yep. is fine because I, I, I like, give you a recipe too. He's like, try it. Like he goes this. a little bit of salt and some honey, and then you yeah. just slow cook it. Which yeah, I think I'll probably do his thing. He's because from Argentina. Argentina he knows how to cook that, meat. That is a country that loves meat. We went over there one time, yeah. and he had They're like four cooks. different types of meats just yeah. popping them out of the. It was great. Got the best. Yeah. So, all right, are you ready for your quiz? Well, hang on. We're two I, weeks I out. I feel like you're really pushing this off. We're two weeks out from our vaccine, our second dose. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody can eat our. <laughs> We're so clean. I don't know if that makes us clean. Mm. Or maybe we can eat now. I don't know. We feel like impervious. And I think we're going to find out the hard way that we didn't get vaccinated from like uh, E. coli. Well, yeah. It's not. It doesn't cure everything. Yeah. But I will tell you this. I've shed a mask. I'm just wearing one right now. (laughs) And he's down to one mask. I feel a little naked when I go into Albertsons (laughs) for my game pieces. The nudes. And right. also, real quick, congrats to Samantha Krug for being featured on the oh, LA Natural yeah. History Museum webpage. Mm-hmm. Nice to see a hardcore wonty out there getting things done. Sam Krug. And she referenced that she started playing the ukulele at the beginning of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to go on record as saying we might have brought uh, the Krugs back a uh, ukulele from Hawaii. I think we did. Yeah, and I think so. I feel like uh, we all kind of were featured on that yeah. webpage. You know, sometimes when we give a gift to annoy someone that makes a loud noise, something good comes of it. She turned it the other way. Yeah. And now is like an accomplished musician. Right. Being featured on the LA Natural Museum webpage. Yeah. That's insane. And she's 17 too, which is weird. Because when we met her, she was like- like a little kid. (laughs) Like a little kid. (laughs) She was in elementary school. Yeah. We went to like one of her performances. What was the play we went to see? We bought her roses or something? Did we get her some flowers? We did. Something like that. It was fun. 
We like performances. We like to go to plays. We. (laughs) I'd rather go see my friends' kids in a play. I will say that is true. Than uh, somebody who just needs hasn't gotten the the message. They need to give it up. Here's a uh, here's a question I have when someone asks me to go to to a live performance. Is this a thing? What's the Wi-Fi situation (laughs) in the uh, theater? Can I use my device if I keep it? uh, What's the policy on wearing earbuds? Yeah. Um, I am terrible, though. I can't get through almost any live performance. I just... Yeah. And then the ones I do like are so specific that I feel like I can't bring other people to them because they won't like them. Oh, that's true. But it's something you like to kind of do on your own. Um, All right. You ready? I do want to say two weeks. (laughs) In two weeks, when uh, Ariel has got his vaccine all, he got his yesterday. Yeah. We're bowling. That's so gross. No, we're not going to go. Preeti's a doctor, and she said, and she's like, that sounds great in two weeks. So she's just being nice to you. Probably. All right. Eddie Quiz. Okay. So you're going to ask me. Rapid fire style. Rapid. uh, It doesn't have to be super. I don't have to think about it. I mean, think, try to get it right. I'm going to try to get it right, but sometimes... Okay. Rapid fire to me means like don't dilly-dally and ask follow-up que- follow right. questions. And uh, how many questions are we going I with? think I have 22. 22 questions. And Some these of are, them are dumb. Now, these are about you? They're about me, us, just okay. general information. All and right. then I'm going to answer these. Yes. Number one, what's my middle name? I don't know. I pass. Anne. <laughs> Wait. It's like, you really don't know my middle I name? I do know it. Uh, what was the first concert I ever went to? The first concert you ever went to was it Elton John? Yes. Nice. What snack did you buy for me for a year? Because I once had one in front of you. Oh, um, was it on a road trip? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oreos? Yep. Oh, nice. Good job. What high school did I go to? Mags. Cool. Uh, Magnificat. Yes. Name one of my childhood friends. Doesn't have to be first and last name, just a first name. One childhood friend. Megan. Megan? Megan. I, I mean, I had roommates in, high, in college. Yeah. Named Megan. All right. Yeah. I, she was nice to me when I went the, to Alaska. Oh, yeah. Megan Baldino. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, name one of my jobs prior to doing stand-up. You sold cell phones. That's right. For GTE? Yes. What is my sister Erin's real name? Oh, it's uh, Jill. Yep. What a lie to find out that her whole, that I've been talking to her for like four years and like her name's Jill. I'm like, what do you mean? No, it's what? Didn't you see her license or something? I don't know how I found it out. It was on something and man, you're like, who the hell's Jill? That was a bombshell. Uh, which one of our friends claims that I issued her the Mooney Challenge? Martha Kelly. Yep. Hardcore won't he, Martha yep. Kelly? Name one comedy club I've been fired from. The Joke Yard. Yeah, Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, that you could have picked like five clubs, but it's also like a hypnotist owned that, so it's almost like it was never going to work for me. Uh, Who did Kevin James force me to follow on stage so he didn't have to follow him? Dane Cook. That's right. Didn't Uh, force you, just asked you. He he wasn't going to do it. Well, it's also (laughs) Kevin. But there's their level. It's also you you can. He needs to know that. But it's also like his level. He's just so like chill when he goes on stage. And Dane Cook's up there talking about you know. And there's a wizard on a mountain, and the penis comes (laughs) out, and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) he's just like, I'm taking my shirt off and playing the drums now. (laughs) 
I get it. I don't. I wouldn't want to go after him either. I did a. I did a tight ten. No crowd rap after that. Mooney First followed five, Dane Cook, and, so then, well. and then here's here's Kevin James. Everybody, here comes the King of Queens. Oh God! What comic forced me to buy him beer at seven a.m. in Austin, Texas? Comic forced you to buy beer at seven a.m. in Austin, Texas. He does impressions. Uh oh, Pablo Francisco. Yes, good Didn't job. Didn't force you. Asked you, but well, you couldn't say no because you were an opener. No. Uh, what activity or exercise does my sister Britta still make fun of me for doing in the 90s? Activity? Oh, uh, rollerblading. Yes. Inline skating. Yes. Who was the comic that would prank call the Houston Laugh Stop pretending to be Brett Butler and Roseanne Barr to make me laugh? Oh, that's uh, Judy Tenuta. Yes. <laughs> what? The- Hang on, do your impression of Judy doing Brett Butler. <laughs> We'd be hanging out and she would go, all right, let's call the club. And uh, hello, and she'd be go, oh, uh, yeah, hey, is uh, Mark there, please? This is Brett Butler. I've had an incident. I'm uh, currently, I'm in a facility. I'm, I'm going to be out in two weeks. I'm in a facility. I, I need to maybe get some headlining dates on the books. I only do uh, Thursday through Saturday. I won't do the rest of the week. It would make me laugh so hard. Then she would call up and be like, hey, this is Roseanne. Uh, I do the new bit with the hot dog buns. <laughs> <laughs> like crying guys laughing so hard but you know what yeah you doing those impressions those are pretty good impressions uh, yeah if you're doing judy tenuta doing them but you sound like you're doing judy's them. really good at it and they would actually put her through to the owner of the club and the booker because she sounded so good and then she, oh, <laughs> she yeah. would like try to get a week and it was so entertaining we got to get you into that uh clubhouse uh channel where they have all the oh, impressionists yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my worst nightmare all right. Uh, what did David Tell call me all week in Atlanta? Bookworm. That's right. Came back and he goes, book. you're always reading books in the green room. He's <laughs> like, keep it going for the bookworm. <laughs> all week. He's like, hey, bookworm, where are we going? I'm like, oh, oh He's like so this. funny. Name one meal that I can cook that's actually good. Oh, you make great soups. Perfect. That counts. Yeah, like your, uh, let's just go ahead and be specific. Your chicken tortilla soup is amazing. That's and your split good. pea. Yeah. Those are like, those are top notch. Boom. Split pea angers people though. Not That's not for everyone. Yeah. Well, it angers people with, with bad palates. Joe. Oh, Joe. Hey, it's so funny. Joe doesn't like that. He's so folksy. He's a really good cook too. He's a great cook. All right. Pork shoulder. That's his thing. Uh, what else? Or, oh, what me, what word does Mia use to describe my teeth brushing style? Oh, aggressive? Yes. Really? <laughs> I didn't think you'd get that no, one. That I, really I know good. that it was something like that. The kids make fun of me. They're like, you brush so aggressively. You like to keep them chompers white. Yeah, right. Whose house did you pick me up from for our second date? It was not in Texas. Our second date? I, oh, yeah, the Davises. Yes. Up in Minnesota. What? And remember what we did? We went out to a nice restaurant, yeah. and the Eagles were playing the Giants. Yeah. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. And so I positioned you. Yep. So as I'm looking at First you. First off, we didn't do this. You did this. Over your right shoulder was yeah. the game. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this, I didn't even I play I think I just I talked the entire time. And I'm like, he's such a good listener. I know. I was concentrating on everything you said. Yeah. No, 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 you weren't. I was concentrating on Donovan McNabb. <laughs> Come you on, would, man. Make this pass, buddy. Make this pass. Who was the quarterback? Hell That's yeah, what I Donovan never McNabb? watched sports at all. Number five like, is alive. <laughs> <laughs> what color did Char Davis say your Taurus was? She said it's purple. And she was right. Day, she goes, hey, yeah, she's not right. Some dude in a purple Taurus is here to pick you up. Midnight blue. <laughs> the bumper was off. The color was off because I got hit by a city bus in Austin. Yeah. And they had to take it, but they painted it inside. They didn't do it outside. When they took it outside, yeah. they noticed that the color was different. Yeah. It was, it skewed a little purple, but the whole car was not purple. Mm-hmm. 
It was a nice blue. That's when I knew I loved you. I was like, some dude in a purple Taurus showed up, and I was like, I can't wait to go out with him. Yeah, get in those back seat with those cloths. Char's like, have fun. <laughs> Just laughing at me. I'm like, see you later. Char is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, name three things that I'm allergic to. All right. Cat hair. Correct. Pollen. Is pollen like something you're... Yeah. Yeah, it gives you allergies. Yeah. Um, I would, I'm going to say Bloody Marys. No. You don't like them. Uh-uh. I always try to get you to have one on a Sunday. I'll give you a hint. Hang on. It's in a pillow. Oh, feathers. Yep. Oh, that's, yeah. But that's way, why we like can't stay 40... nice hotels. Yeah. We, no, we have can. To... They have no, pillows. We have to go to Red Roof Inns. <laughs> it's not true. It is. You've, you've made us into like uh... these just truck driving traveler people. All right. Who's my favorite athlete ever? Your favorite athlete ever. Ever. It's LeBron James. Yes. Yeah. Name one food I hate. One food that you meatloaf. Yes. That's easy. Yeah. I made you meatloaf one time. And you, Olives can were we talk also about acceptable. It? Where you're like, if I yes. had to rate this, I'd give it a two. I'm like, <laughs> you, don't. you don't have to. Because you're not <laughs> Just sit there and eat, eat the meatloaf. Who would win in an arm wrestling competition, me or Oliver? Oliver. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I think it's actually happened. Uh, that's not who me. would win. It's who won. With the left arm, I had more of a chance. Yeah, he doesn't work on his left arm. Yeah. The his right left arm, arms. he was just laughing as I was trying. And he's like, no, no, come on, mom. You, and then he you, tried you. to step into the dad arena. And he got, yeah. he got just worked. He got, I got He got wrecked. Yeah. All uh, right. So those are good. You did very, very well. I got them all. I uh, got all didn't get the feathers. But, yeah, but I like, knew feathers I know I should have sure. said one thing I'm allergic to. But there's literally a list of like well, there's so many things. Yeah. What was the second one I said? Pollen. Pollen. Which is correct. But this, is it an allergy? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People have a fever. Pollen, I always think of an mold, allergic reaction. Dander, of you need an EpiPen real quick. Oh, God, no. Not yeah, like you're not like that level of like Yeah, anaphylaxis. No. Right, you're not that. Yeah, I just get like a stuffy nose or my face yeah. swells. Oatmeal raisin cookies? Nope. You can Love eat them. them. I do like them. Who was having the big... Me uh, was yelling at us about raisins and Rennell cookies. Rennell was, too. And so was Rennell. Yeah, they don't... I was like, guys. He goes, nobody likes raisins. That's he not said true. oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, which I'm nobody's saying that's not an amazing cookie. Yeah. All right. So we did the quiz. We had our uh, apologies. Mm-hmm. Talk about a couple other little things here. Oh, and we're talking about how when the pandemic is over, we have to like start doing social things again. Oh, yeah. Going to like, we, I like to go out to dinner with like another couple. Right. You know, people that we really, really so you can enjoy. Talk with them. Yes. Too many people, like at a wedding, you're not talking to everybody. You're making yeah. silly little trips around table to table and saying hi. Right. Um, or any big dinner where there's a huge group. It's yeah. kind of just not our thing. But now that we're getting back out there, there's people are going to be like, hey, what are you doing Saturday? And you were like, that's a, they that's trick like a you. a trick question. What yeah. are you doing Saturday? You're like, I don't, I don't know yet. Why? So you need to have something loaded and ready yeah. to roll. I'm already like trying to weasel out of it. In case right. it's going to be terrible. So it's like when people say things like, hey, what are you doing Saturday? Like, um, I'm on hold. It depends on if the church calls or not. <laughs> like, say something like that. That way you can be like, they called yeah. and I had to go down there and uh, yeah, build a wall. There's an elderly neighbor of ours that might or may not yeah, need like, help. Yeah, like just make up something stuff. that can get you out of it. Yeah. And then they're not going to want to make like uh plans with you if you're on call and then like, I get being on calls them, the best i'm like don't trick me just tell me what you want to do and i can give you a yes or no i'm on call and i don't like it when people are like hey why don't you come over for dinner and we do right yeah and then we show up and there's like 
eight other couples we don't know. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, you invited us to a block party. This <laughs> yeah, wasn't this like, not a, we're not coming dinner. over for tapas. We came yeah. over for like just everybody we've never met. Yeah. What do you do? Who are you? Hi, I'm so-and-so. That's exhausting. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, hi, what do you do for a living comic? Oh, cool. Uh, where, yeah. where, where do you work? My friend, I always hate it because it's like my, my cousin's a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's a 17 minute YouTube video. Yeah. He can do a fart sound bite like any animal. <laughs> you name, that's what he does at the club. You yell out an animal and he makes the fart sound. Maybe you sound can bring him on the road with make. you. I don't yeah. want to do that. Here, I'm giving you his email right now. No, yeah. no, no. He's going to call you tomorrow. I gave him, no, please. Yeah. So just be prepared for it. People are going to be like, they're going to pop that like, hey, what are you doing Saturday? Question. Yeah. It's going to be like Caddyshack. I'm having a party. Would you come over and mow my lawn <laughs> park the cars i'd rather mow the lawn some then i'm out i'll park the nobody cars. has lawns here anyways yeah right it takes two minutes all right so we're going to talk to dr mcbride yes super oh. excited about that yeah. we're going to interview her um and just get her thoughts on like going back to school re-entering our lives right all the positive news about the pandemic that we never really hear all right so we're going to talk to dr mcbride right now Hey. How are you? Hello. <laughs> are we catching you on your lunch break? It's fine. As usual, I'm doing like 50 things at once, but I'm so happy to talk to you. We were really excited to talk to you because you were the first voice uh, for us in the pandemic when uh, my sister-in-law, Sarah, uh, Sarah Mooney. Right. Sarah yeah, yeah. Mooney. Okay. I forgot the connection. Sarah Mooney. Kit. Yeah. So she, yes. Kit's yeah. mom. Kit's uh, so she was like, hey, this is a great Twitter follow because she knew we were like wiping down our food with Clorox. Yeah, like Clorox wiping everything. We were completely At the thrown. time, we didn't know. You're like, I mean, I, uh, you didn't know. You're not loco. You look like you're not. You just were doing what people were telling you to do. Yeah. So she was like, yeah. follow this uh, doctor friend of mine. And as I've started to follow you, like the anxiety level came down yeah. significantly. And then we noticed when things started to open back up, how many other people had felt the same way in your voice. Like, what is the positive news? Like, these are the, the things that you've been tweeting out and yeah. speaking about. It's all been. So here's the thing. I am by nature an optimist. Um, so it's a really good day for optimists when you get to be optimistic about science. Cool. The vaccines that we currently have available are triumphs of modern science and medicine. They take death and severe disease off the table. They make your chance of having COVID-19 so low that it's almost difficult to get COVID once you've been vaccinated. They also reduce the transmission of COVID-19 from you to other people. They're not 100%, but remember 100% isn't on the menu. So what I'm happy to be able to tell my patients and my wider audience is that once you've been vaccinated, you can really, really, really start to live your life again. You know, some people, so I got accused of being a hope monger. <laughs> I saw that. And that was the best, which I loved because yes, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I also need to frame it. I deliver a lot of bad news to people. Yeah. Yeah. I deliver cancer diagnoses. I have helped people die over the course of the pandemic and over the course of my career. Um, I am not unfamiliar with pain, suffering, and, you know, personally as well. But I also am able to, because of the luxury of being able to be trained in medicine, see when optimism is called for. So when optimism and hope are rooted in science, 
it feels like my obligation to yeah. dispense it. Yeah. Dispensing false hope is not safe nor appropriate. For example, if I give my patient a, a diagnosis of breast cancer, it's not in my interest or her interest to sugarcoat the diagnosis, to give her false expectations of what's ahead. But when we have good news, like we do in these three extraordinary vaccines, it's an awesome day to be an optimist because I get to be in my lane. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And that's what I think what we kind of gravitated towards. It's like, oh, this is somebody who knows this world and they're feeding us the information that we have been kind of like wanting to hear. We can't read charts. That's right. what we learned. Well, what I'm trying to do is help people distill complex information yeah. into digestible, relatable, yeah. fact-based bites without an agenda. I have, I mean, I have no agenda. I mean, I'm not getting paid anything. I don't work for pharma. I'm not a federal government official. I am not even in academia. I am doing what I'm doing because I believe in the mission of spreading truth that can then help people mentally and physically. I mean, my practice has been founded on the concept that mental health is relevant to your health and it actually informs our health and humanity. So mental health isn't something we should consider as a luxury or sidebar issue. It's part of the deal, just like we have heart health, we have mental health. Now, mental health is different from mental illness, but mental health, when you care for it, can help prevent mental illness. So the fact that we don't consider it as part of our whole health to me is, you know, if you will, insane. And one of my missions, one patient at a time, and now in a more public facing way, is to help people recognize how relevant their mental health is, in, in particular right this moment when we have been experiencing collective trauma. We've all experienced loss. Yeah. If you've been, you know, if you've lost a loved one, you've lost a, a job, you've lost your high school year in the classroom, like you've had loss, that's trauma. Trauma then informs our day-to-day -day thoughts and feelings. It also informs our physical health. It also informs how you read the news. Hmm. So when you've been traumatized, just like if you've been in a car accident, it's hard to get back on the highway. When you've been traumatized by the stress of a pandemic, it's hard to read the news for the for facts and the truth. It's very easy to be triggered by headlines that may be overemphasizing the negative. Yeah, I feel like that's what we kind of discussed the other day. It's just like that when you're watching it, it's like, oh, everything's bad, 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 bad. And then you get to see yeah. like your message come through. Like, it's not all bad. Look, there's been progress. Yeah, I feel like you're rewriting the headline to go, uh, this is actually good. Yeah. 99.9% of people are vaccinated. 99.99%. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one of the tweets I put out recently was, you know, since when were we guaranteed a risk-free existence? I mean, Whatever. if I was counseling patients on having zero risk in their life, I'd say never get in a car. Yeah. Never right. have sex. Yeah. Never eat an M&M. I mean, but we have to remember that health is more than not just dying. Yeah. yeah. So you're not going to die from this vaccine if, yeah. once you've been vaccinated. So like, you know, health is more than just preventing death. Health is about meeting our broad human needs, which includes socializing, being with loved ones and not getting sick. And there's, you know, in, in public health messaging and in individual health messaging, we need to do a lot better at ands instead of, or ands instead of ors. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, you can actually be healthy and prevent COVID-19 and see loved ones. It's possible yeah. you can have both. Yeah. But if you don't have the facts and you're not empowered with and armed with tools to do that, then it feels like it's either you lock yourself in your room the pandemic's over or you throw caution to the wind and you get sick but it's actually right it's in the middle uh one of the things you talked about that i thought was interesting was the normalizing of anxiety going back into society especially for people who had never even realized they had it uh, yes. 
and people who are just kind of becoming aware of like, oh my gosh, I have been anxious about this and I'm not the only one. Anxiety, remember, is part of the human condition. It's built into our DNA. It's how we survive. It's how we run from the proverbial tiger in the wild. So, you know, we've got a big tiger in the wild in the form of COVID-19. So it's normal to be on alert to have the physical symptoms of anxiety, like heart palpitations, you know, sweaty palms, headaches, muscle tension. It's also normal when faced with a threat like coronavirus to have be extra worried and you know sleepless yeah. and worry about your kids. Um, the problem is that when anxiety then overtakes our thinking or becomes physically debilitating, then we're dealing with not only with a pandemic, we're dealing with a mental health challenge. So we have to really name anxiety for what it is and identify you know, where we are on that continuum and then know when we need help with the anxiety beyond just finding facts and getting vaccinated because anxiety has been unleashed in a lot of people. A lot of people had anxiety before the pandemic and didn't realize it. And now they're like, oh, wow, I guess I've been anxious my whole life. I just didn't realize it until, you know, a pandemic came along. So in a way, it's been a good exercise for people to recognize it. I yeah. will tell you the people, my patients and, and the people I know in my life who are doing the best in the pandemic vis-a-vis -vis anxiety are people who have faced their anxiety before. They yeah. have grown a garden of tools. Like they meditate, they exercise, they know their triggers, they have a therapist, you know, all of those so the people who are doing the best are the people who've already, this is not their first rodeo. Uh, we had some questions too. Eddie and I, uh, we both have been vaccinated and we're two weeks out from yep. our Modernas. Uh, but we have kids that haven't been vaccinated and we're sending them back to school. And the parents in our circle of friends have like wide varieties of reactions to this. Some are super yeah. nervous about sending their kids. Some are just totally fine with it. Can we talk a little bit about the safety of returning to sure. school? Sure. Let's think about risk in in this moment in three buckets. One is vaccinated people mixing with vaccinated people. And you can mix one, two, five, 10, 100 vaccinated people, people who've been vaccinated against COVID-19 without fear of getting sick. Okay. The risk of getting sick from between vaccinated people is as close to zero as it gets. Is it impossible? No, but it's very low. So that we need to know. Then the other bucket is unvaccinated people gathering with unvaccinated people. And that is risky in the sense that you can get COVID-19 if you've not been vaccinated. The risk though to unvaccinated people goes down every day that three and a half million more people get vaccinated because the less virus is in the community, Mm -hmm. the less vulnerable unvaccinated people are. That said, they're still vulnerable. And so when unvaccinated people get together, they need to you know, wear masks, distance, and ideally be outside over inside where nature is naturally ventilated. The rubber meets the road in that third bucket where you've got unvaccinated and vaccinated people mixing. And as I say to patients all the time, my job isn't to tell you, yes, no, you can do that, you can't do that. It's really to understand your risk and how to frame the question because what's right for one person isn't right for another person. For example, you can have a vulnerable child with autoimmune disease who isn't vaccinated, who's who's at higher risk for complications from COVID-19 compared to a child who's more typical, has different medical goals and needs. Mm -hmm. um, but, but in general, we have to remember that kids are much more likely to do well from with, with COVID-19 if they get it at all. You know, it's sort of nature's gift 
that yeah. kids have been generally spared, unlike they are from influenza. We've lost, I think it's 290, maybe 288 kids from COVID-19, which is obviously 288 more kids than should have died. But it's it's a small number compared to 500, I think 70,000 American adult lives. So we just have to remember when we're making the risk calculations of mixing, say, vaccinated parents and unvaccinated kids, that you know the vaccinated parents are protected essentially from COVID. Um, not 100%, but nothing in life is 100%. The unvaccinated people, which are going to be the kids, are not protected, but they're protected more when they're around the vaccinated adults, and they right. also don't get that sick if they get COVID, and then they also won't transmit it to or are sick in the adults because the adults have been vaccinated. Does mm-hmm. that help? Okay. Yeah, that yeah, totally, totally helps. Yeah. Yeah. Another question was vaccinated parents getting together for dinner parties now. Like, can you have people over? Because it's nice. You do crave like contact with people. Yes. And that's what I mean about meeting our broad human needs. When you have been vaccinated, you can get together with as many vaccinated people as you want inside, unmasked, singing, doing whatever you want. Um, I mean, within reason, making sure yeah. it's legal and um, <laughs> doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't cure <laughs> but, everything, the vaccine. Right. I mean, the vaccine is a cure-all for like, you know, making bad decisions in other parts of your right, life. Right, like, of course. Right. Much, you know, going hog wild after you've been cooped up for 14 months. But the point is that, that, you know, the reason we get vaccinated is to be able to connect with loved ones, to be able to connect with friends. And we need that for our mental health. That is what I mean by meeting our broad human needs. You know, I mean, these vaccines, again, are so stunningly effective that we really don't have to worry after vaccination at all about other vaccinated people. What do you say to people that are hesitant about taking the vaccine? I say this, I say, tell me where that's coming from. Um, You know, to affect behavioral change or to try to change hearts and minds in medicine and really in any sphere of society is to understand the person's point of view and to meet them where they are and provide a safe, non-judgmental space. So I had a patient last week who is, doesn't want to get vaccinated. And she said, well, I just don't trust the federal government. I said, okay, you know, that I, I, can, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, she said, I also don't understand pharma. I was like, well, okay, we could debate that. And she said, I also really don't trust like the FDA or the CDC. And I really don't trust many doctors. She's like, I kind of trust you. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I've been your doctor for a decade. Good. <laughs> And I said, you know what, let me ask you this. I'm like, who, who do you trust? Right. And she stopped and paused and almost got a little misty eyed. And she said, you know what, that's the problem. I don't think I trust many people. I had an experience in my, in my youth about a medicine that I really got burned on. And I just don't think I trust many people at all. And so it's just important to understand that like her problem is a trust problem. It's not a vaccine yeah. problem. Uh, and then yeah. when I gave her the facts about the vaccine and I told her, look, there's no pressure to get it, but here's what you get from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She emailed me earlier this week to say I, I got the vaccine. I wasn't too happy about it, but I did it. And thanks. Oh, that's, that's great. great. It worked. Yeah. One person it at a time. helped another person. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, watch her be the one person in a million who has like some side effects. <laughs> I mean, like <sighs> the oh side effects God. we found out were like just nap the next day. Yeah. Where, you know, we and the, the, the arm hurt a little bit and uh, that was yeah. about it. It was easy. We uh, talked about it. We actually yeah. went down to uh, a health facility that was like, that had like extra doses if you were lucky. So we went down there at four 30 in the morning and set up camping chairs. Oh, wow. And, you know, three o'clock yeah. that afternoon, they uh, said they had extra doses. So come on in. And that's how yeah, we they started. Were, like thanking us for taking them. We're like, oh, sure. They're like, oh, sure. You're so welcome. They were like, oh, no, thank you. But uh, we, yeah, we didn't want them to go to waste. So we thought we'd come oh, down here. Gosh. 
Don't you love that? It's such a nice moment of people like, no, you, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, don't we need a little more of that in this world? Yes. I was kind of moved by how many people were volunteering and helping and they were this massive site getting people in very efficiently and kindly. It wasn't uh, Yeah, and place. they would comb through the line of people waiting for leftovers and like anybody over 60. And then they just, you know, extra, yeah. you know, health conditions that need to be maybe moved to the front. People live in the community, teachers. And, and then finally they got down to like us. All right, you guys are like, okay, come on in guys. That's awesome. Doesn't it feel good? I mean, it's, it, yeah. I had a very emotional reaction um, to getting the vaccine. It felt like just this weight had been lifted that yeah. you didn't even realize how heavy it was until you got that shot in your arm. Yeah. So I carry this for a year and then you get to put it down <laughs> finally. Like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing. We were laughing because uh, your, do- your job's being a doctor and we lie about our jobs all the time. We're like, oh, I'm a banker because every time we're comedians and they're like, comic. oh, cool. Tell us some of your jokes or do some bits. And I'm also <laughs> wondering, like, if you go to a party, a dinner party, do you keep it under wraps? Because I can only imagine like, people oh, are like, what does this look weird to you? Oh, that's so funny. I mean, my 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 role a physician is so it's not just my job, it's sort of who I am. So it's yeah. hard to hide that. And right. I don't and I and I love it. I mean, I I I actually I mean, do I love it when people ask me about their colonoscopy preps at a dinner <laughs> party? Like, not necessarily, but you know, I get it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I've heard a lot of inside baseball from total strangers about their medical health. Yeah. I just take mm-hmm. it as a compliment that they feel like they can trust me. That's true. Um, but I also, yes, it is an occupational hazard of um, being at a dinner party. But my closest friends, they're so funny. They don't even, you know, they'd have to be in like open heart surgery to like tell me because they don't want to bother me. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm like, oh, no, tell me. <laughs> and Megan's very much like that. Some of her friends are doctors and yeah. she just never wants to bother them because they're not at work. Yeah. But they're always like, they're always no, we want to help. help you. So let us know. Yeah. And particularly for my close friends and family. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, that's my pleasure. Um, yeah. You can't really yeah. hide what you do anymore. Anyways, I've seen you on MSNBC. Yeah. We've You're, seen you on news. Yeah. Everybody knows what you do now. We've heard your voice. It's like crazy. It's yeah. too late. It's amazing. MSNBC is asking me to come back next week and I'm writing my next opinion piece with a policy um, wonk who's a mental health policy guy because both of us believe passionately that until we put mental health in primary care into the woven into the fabric of healthcare in this country, we're just nibbling around the edges of delivering meaningful healthcare. I mean, look at the diseases of despair before the pandemic, opiate addiction, suicide, yeah. depression were rampant. And then you add a global yeah. pandemic and then to say, oh, let's, you know, just kind of keep checking the boxes in medicine and just check people's cholesterol and their weight. And I mean, we need to really, really have a paradigm shift on what it means to be healthy. I was surprised when I learned how often general practitioners, uh, family medicine internists are prescribing antidepressants, anti-anxieties, and like how they're the first line of defense uh, in a lot of uh, mental health issues. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're lucky enough as a primary care doctor to have a rapport with your patient, which is of course why most of us go into medicine is that relationship in, in primary care, you know, then yeah, people are much more likely to tell me, I've known them for a long time, that they are depressed or anxious or they're in a abusive marriage or they are drinking too much alcohol. And they're more likely to tell me than to look in the phone book for a, a mental health provider. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that insurances don't often cover mental health services. So no, we, I mean, that's part of my job. Just like I, I treat high cholesterol and diabetes, I treat depression, anxiety and refer out when needed. I mean, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I commonly refer people to therapists and 
other coaches, depending on the need, AA, I mean, but, mm-hmm. but yes, I look at primary care as a, as a hub for problem solving where mental and physical health meet, not a gatekeeping apparatus, but we need the, we need the whole country to do that. And we need every American to have access to that kind of care because it shouldn't just be for a few. Yeah. Agreed. Can we talk about restaurants? Oh yeah. Going to a yes. restaurant eating. I mean, what we do I we haven't been to one in a going? year. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we have not we'll be there this summer in DC. I mean, it's been a year since we've been to one and I feel like we want to just go, I want to be able to go back and complain about a meal. <laughs> like, you, you know wanna, what? This you wasn't great. Your plate back. You want to do that, you know, take this back. Yeah. And eat it up. No, we I want to see. I'll, I, we it. never even send it. We'll eat it. We'll tip well, and then we're like, ah, it wasn't that great. Yeah. I just want to have that level of maybe disappointment from the meal I order. Again. Is it safe <laughs> well, to go wanna, do that? You wanna, basically, you're asking just to go back to like mundane life. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a low bar, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. I just want to get back into a Dave and Buster's. Oh God, no. You know, I'm good. It is funny to think about all the things we miss that were really, really mundane. Like some of the things I miss the most are really boring to other people, but do you know what I mean? It's like just common things. But when you have been vaccinated, you can go to a restaurant without fear. I mean, remember your chance of getting COVID-19 is one in a thousand. And if you got COVID-19 from being in an indoor restaurant, you'd have a cold or a mild flu. And if you have other major medical issues, it could be a little worse, but you're not going to die. You're not going to go to the hospital. So if you're willing to take a tiny, tiny risk. Yeah. And you're willing to, and, and for the, for the benefit of, of, of being able to be at your neighborhood, Dave and Buster's go <laughs> for it. Don't think twice. Eddie said uh, his hygiene changed after the pandemic. He stopped opening things with his mouth. Yeah. I stopped ripping opening bags with my mouth because yeah, I was, and this is like the level of like, I never thought, I always thought I was a pretty chill guy. And then when this happened, my anxiety level was definitely where like, yeah. I was wearing plastic gloves, washing things, wiping things down, <laughs> not opening things with my mouth anymore. That was a big one for him. Now, since I've got the second vaccine, I have found myself opening up potato like chips hour. again with my, yeah. you know. Oh man, we, we slide back into the old habits. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, what's really true though people who aren't able to recognize so beautifully eddie as you are about the anxiety and how much it was informing your your behaviors is my patients who um are are, are gonna have such a hard time re-entering because they they can't let go of that fear so you know i just feel bad for for them and that's really a, an anxiety problem not a COVID problem that they're dealing with so what do you recommend to people who just have this anxiety that they're having a hard time. They've never even knew they had it. They're just having a hard time letting it go. And it's, it's problematic in re-entry back into the normal world. What would you do or recommend? So first thing is you have to name it. You have to call it what it is. And sometimes naming it requires going to your doctor or hopefully Mm -hmm. you're reading my newsletter or someone else's Mm -hmm. information to help you contextualize what you're feeling. Because my patients who are really, really fearful about say pizza boxes and their risk for COVID who know intellectually that they're not going to get infected from a pizza box are dealing with an anxiety problem, not a COVID pizza box. So it's naming it, it's understanding it, it's accepting help, getting therapy, considering medication if needed, following the facts. I mean, you know, if you're following media or really any kind of messenger who is inflaming your anxiety by, you know, not following the facts and dispensing information that's not rooted in science that causes its own level of anxiety for people um that there's no amount of therapy that can help somebody who's just following the wrong facts yeah right yeah so so it's about following the facts it's about identifying your anxiety and then getting help for it whether that's with yoga or therapy or something in the middle okay question also uh your favorite tv doctor 
my gosh, my favorite TV doctor. Well, okay. So when I was in medical school, I went to Harvard Medical School in the 90s. That was when ER was. Uh Oh, yeah. I used to watch it. You know, back, you know, when we were were working as a medical student, we were so nerdy and pasty and pale. We, our big (laughs) night was to get together, like 20 of us in a tiny little dorm room and watch ER and George Clooney. Yeah. I was going to say Clooney in the minute you said ER. Oh my gosh, Clooney. The you hot know, pediatrician the library. Yeah. Um, no, Clooney, Clooney was Clooney would definitely be my favorite. Have you uh, been binge watching any guilty pleasure shows since the oh, pandemic? Yeah, any shows off? you've been watching? Oh my gosh, my favorite show right now, and my husband and I are gonna watch another episode tonight, is called Call My Agents. Ah, it's right. So oh, it's so good. It's not really a guilty pleasure because it's because it's really good. It's not like it's good, yeah. Because it's, it's really good. I mean, I have I definitely have guilty pleasures, it's, but TV, this show is so good, it's French. It's subtitled. It's funny. It's smart. It's about a talent agency and their high maintenance. All right. Actress clients, and it's it's great. We nice. uh, are just finishing up tonight. Will be our last episode of Lupin, which oh, is also a French show. Yeah, no, it's, it's so really good. good. So this is great. We're gonna swap shows now. We're gonna go <laughs> into yours. The other nice thing about the um, Call My Agent is that because it's subtitled, you really have to pay attention. So you're transported. Uh, yeah. Like you can't yeah. think about. Oh, other- you're in the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Stuff. like you're just immersed um There's a good question about like uh, among doctors where do we put chiropractors i mean because i know that <laughs> of course I'm, I'm kidding but uh so listen i think that i think there's some really really good chiropractors out there yeah just like there's some and there's some really bad ones just like there's some good doctors and there's some bad ones i yeah. think there's yeah i think that I, so, so to me, the mechanics of our body are really, really essential to address. And one of the things I kind of weave into my conversation about patients, because we all know that exercise is good for us, right? From dementia to diabetes. So to get people exercising requires an assessment of their skeleton. Like, is their Mm -hmm. spine aligned? Do they have pain? Do they have a bum hip from a football injury in high school? So I, I do refer to chiropractors as needed, you know, just like I sometimes refer to orthopedists or physical therapists. It depends on the person, but no, chiropractors can be great if used in the right context and if you have someone who's good. I do like Perfect. the assessment of the skeleton. You only have one skeleton that drives you through life. You cannot mm-hmm. trade it in like you can your Honda. So you got to <laughs> <Yeah>. care for it. <laughs> right. Uh, Eddie picked up a suturing kit on Amazon. Oh, yeah, I did. I don't know why I did this. I was like, oh, man, I also bought it was like, like whittling. I was suturing, whittling for a while. A lot of knives. Know, just trying to find little hobbies to do. But there is this suturing kit that is used at schools. I haven't opened it yet, but it does seem like it would be a fun thing to do. I don't think you should have that knowledge. I don't know. I think that you should play around with it. Just don't, you know, cut yourself and hurt yourself. I'm more <laughs> worried, I have to say, about you opening the bag with your mouth, not because of COVID, but you're going to tear your, tear your face and end up with a laceration on your lip. There's so much to worry about with that. There's so much to so worry much. about. I mean, there's, look, there's risk everywhere, right? Yeah, like being course. a human is risky. Right. It's yeah. risky just being in, in existence. Yeah, you yes. can't just hang out in an orb your entire you life. Can't. You have I mean, to get out there. try to, but then, you know, it's no fun. But no, risk, risk is everywhere. Risk is part of being a human being. And we just have to be able to manage it and know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Nice. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. And uh, we're going to link your newsletter 
your Twitter, Twitter and handle, all, your... all that stuff we'll send oh out gosh. with our, uh, is there anything else our listeners should know? Whatever you want to do. Um, Perfect. Um, how many people have listened to your But podcast? I did, per oh. episode, we get about 140. It's Megan's a lot of, from like, a big Irish Catholic family, so I think that's most of it. a lot of our friends from around here that we haven't been in touch with very often since the pandemic. Yeah, uh, a lot of people say, hey, it's been fun to listen to you guys. It's like you're back over to our house having dinner again, so. Oh my God, I love that. You guys have such a nice vibe together. Like, <laughs> it makes me want to like go out to dinner with you. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the sure. other thing is yeah. you have the most perfect voices. Oh, well, well, thank you. Voices are almost very similar. We're not too. editing Sometimes this out. Answering, this is a yeah, this will stay in there because this is amazing. <laughs> this is a medical opinion on our voices. So pretty good. Really? It's oh good. I mean, seriously, you have, they're like butter. One of our episodes is actually interactive where you can play it at dinner. And pretend like we're there asking questions and then there's like a tone and you pause it and answer the questions and then you go to the next part. Sarah and Kit love the uh Yeah, Sarah and Kit. Kit's a hardcore won't he? Yeah. So you play the recording of you guys talking like if you were yeah, we'll be, you're like, I wanted you to be there. Yeah, yeah we're like, hey, thanks exactly. for having us over. And then a tone will happen. You'll hit it and you'll answer the you'll question. Answer questions. Or, or the directive that we've said, and then you'll unpause it and then we'll go oh, on to the next part. We've had a lot of time during this pandemic. Yeah, we have. Sleeping, love it. I mean, I would say this. I mean, to me, humor is medicinal. And, you know, there's obviously inappropriate humor, but yeah. even in hard times, humor is really necessary. Yeah. So one of the things that's kept me going is, you know, I have three teenagers who are all <laughs> pretty darn funny. Yeah. And my husband is like really funny. Like it just humor is so important. Obviously in context, but it's it's really important. So keep it going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks, well, thanks a lot. You keep uh, doing what you're doing. If you're there's anything you ever want to get out, uh let us know. You can come back on if you want to plug something yeah. or you can email us. Oh, yeah. We'll put it up. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys thank are great. you. Thank you. Thank right. you. Bye, Talk Dr. McBride. Bye. Thank bye. you. Call me Lucy. Bye. Okay, Lucy. Bye. <laughs> bye. That was it. We had Dr. Lucy McBride on. That's right. She told the us Dr. To, Lucy McBride. Told us to call her Lucy because now we're personal friends, right. not unlike Sarah and Kit. Is it going to be weird when we get to DC and we're like, yeah, we should probably go to dinner. We should probably go see our friend, <laughs> uh, Dr. McBride. Yeah. Sarah, can you drop us off, please? She sounds great. I'm glad she came on. I think that's going to help. I already people. feel better. Yeah, me too. I'm like, what? I could just go to a restaurant right now? Yep. I'm in. In. Yeah. All right. Well, that was great. So that's the episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. McBride, for coming yeah, on. And thanks for, sure. for everybody listening. We love you guys. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. I want to make